Hello and welcome to the next podcast of the Enterprise Doctor Business Show. My name is Mark Harris and I'm very happy to have you listening to me today. I'm also very happy to have as my guest K-Core, who is from K2 Digital Solutions. And K, you're something of a LinkedIn guru. Yes, I think so. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. It's a a pleasure to have you, and I think so too, which is why you're invited. I'm not interested in having somebody who's not very good at what they do. Let's talk a little bit about K2. So your name is K-Core, and for the benefit of listeners who don't know you, both of those start with a letter K, so I'm guessing that's where the the K2 came from? Yes, it did, yes. Because isn't there a mountain called K2? Yes, there is. Yes. I'm from the north of India and that's what, that's how I came up with it. Really? Okay. So it does tie together with a mountain. I like that. Digital Solutions is the other part of the company name. And am I right in saying that you you focus with your work on LinkedIn, but you deal with other aspects of digital solutions as well? Or are you purely a LinkedIn person? I do all the LinkedIn training and then I have other people, a team of people who do websites, SEO, e-commerce and apps because all these are um, services connected you know, to the social media and then people have asked for those so I've started providing those. But I do the LinkedIn training myself. Okay. And when you say a team of people, are these employees or are they sort of outsource people you bring in as and when you need them? These are um, a team of people that I've known for a while and we've decided to get together and help each other. Cool. It's always nice to collaborate with people who you've known for some time. I often talk about the no like, trust sales journey, and clearly you have been on that journey with those people. You know them, like them, trust them, and hopefully they feel the same way about you. So that works well. So how long has Katie been going? Um, about a couple of years. We've just rebranded, and um, I've um, redesigned, had my website redesigned. Uh, to make it look more professional and provide more services because I was going in with LinkedIn training and then people were, I mean, sometimes didn't have a website and then I thought I should get somebody to get them a website or didn't yeah. have very good SEO or, and, and other services. It's a challenge that all people in the digital world have or the digital solutions world have. They've really got to have a good website. They've really got to have a, a good LinkedIn profile because that's what you're pitching. And, and it's often a case of physician heal thyself or the plumber who's got the dripping taps at home. I do agree. If you're a marketing person, you have to have really, really good marketing. Otherwise, people take the view, well, if that's the best that you can do, I'm not going to use you. So I, I get that. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's no point having great social media, but having a terrible website. Yeah. So we've got to look at every, look at every touch point in the customer's journey and make sure that we're converting right from social media to website, making sure the SEO works, and then, you know, making sure it all converts at every touch point. That's the whole point of the digital digital marketing journey. Yeah. And um, making giving the customer the, the best experience possible. Absolutely. That, that has to be the outcome. So LinkedIn is your focus. And I ask this question, I'm, I'm a, a reasonably prolific LinkedIn user. I cannot tell you the last day I wasn't on LinkedIn, either posting or reading or both. What is it that makes LinkedIn such a good platform for entrepreneurs and, and particularly for solopreneurs? Well, you have a vast number of um, professional people that you could be creating relationships with, making connections with, 
If you're a B2B company or even a B2C company, and especially if you're an entrepreneur, you don't even need a website. If you, if you work really hard and really well on LinkedIn in the right way and take a proper course, then you don't need a website. You could be generating enough work for yourself um, without a website. Just making enough effort on LinkedIn and doing it in the right way with good content and um, adding value, letting people know what you do um, and and creating connections. Okay. And and I have to say, I, I have a website and I have a LinkedIn profile and I point many more people at my LinkedIn profile than I do at my website, which I guess underlines what you're saying. And of course, there's all sorts of searching functions available. So if you have been clever enough to define your perfect customer, you cannot go out and find your perfect customer unless you first define them. And once you've defined them, so you know you want to talk to somebody with a job title of sales director, you want to talk to somebody in the UK, you want to talk to somebody in a company with 25 or more employees, you can... I believe, use LinkedIn to, to search for pretty much anything. Absolutely. Content. Yes, absolutely. When you create content, when you have people engaging with your post, you go down the line and have a look. Is this sort of person that I want to connect with? You know, every person who adds value to your content, you have a look and, then, you know, and just keep increasing your connections. There are so many ways to um, target your content towards your ideal customer. Sometimes, not LinkedIn doesn't really annoy me. The way people use LinkedIn really annoys me. And I might tell you some of the ways in which I get annoyed in a minute. I know that that a lot of training that you deliver, it probably focuses on how to get it right, how to use LinkedIn properly to achieve whatever your objectives are when you're using LinkedIn. What are the main things that people get wrong? Is, are there two or three standout things that loads and loads of people get wrong? Yes. <laughs> um, well, two or three, three things is that they don't have an optimized profile. That's one. And the other thing is that they share too much. Sharing too much doesn't do your account any good. And it's not the best way of promoting somebody else's content either. When you say share too much, you mean actually click on share too many times on yeah, other Yes, um, some people I've noticed... They're just constantly sharing, sharing other people's content. Mm. Yeah. And how is anybody supposed to know about what you do if you keep sharing other people's content? Very interesting. I do sometimes share other people's content, but I personally, I need to be really comfortable with that content. I need to really believe in that content before I'll share it because sharing is almost an endorsement and an agreement with what someone Mm. is saying. And unless you share it and say, I had to share this because I disagree with it so much. But yeah, I get how sharing is something that people do too much of. Let me tell you one of the things that I, uh, my personal philosophy of using LinkedIn, and it's around the subject of connection requests from people that I don't know. And I'm interested. I'm going to tell you my personal philosophy and then you can tell me why I'm wrong, okay? And hopefully you're going to tell me that that's okay. Mm-hmm. I nearly always accept those connection requests, but I have a portfolio career. I run Enterprise Doctor. I do the podcast. I do Laptop Mondays. I do some work for the police, Heathrow Airport. I volunteer for the Prince's Trust. I'm a counselor. If you look at my LinkedIn profile, you'll see all the things that I do. 
So I think it's a very fair and valid thing for me to do to accept that connection request and send a message to the person saying, thanks for offering, I have accepted. Was there any particular reason? Mm. Now, I know that there are some people who say to me, no, 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 if you don't know people, you shouldn't accept. Where do you stand on the accepting a request from a stranger perspective? Well, um, if they don't look like your ideal customer, if it's, if it's somebody in, in Kazakhstan, then don't. What's the point? Because, you know, they're going to have a very poor account. It's not going to do your account any good. Um, I mean, absolutely. I think that's fine. It's fine to ask, you know, how can I help you or how can we work together and, you know, find out what their interest is in you. Yeah. If they're willing to be kind of you know, connecting with everybody, then maybe that's not a good idea. Okay. And the question I asked a couple of minutes ago was about the things that, that people get wrong on LinkedIn. So let me tell you mm. about the two most, and I don't, you know, I haven't got cast iron statistics, but I'll tell you the two most popular responses to that question of mine when I asked, was there any particular reason? The most popular response far and away is no response at all. They don't answer my question. They've had an, something in their message inbox in LinkedIn. I'm trying to engage with them because they, and they just don't even reply. Mm. Unbelievable. In terms of mistakes on LinkedIn, what was the point in connecting with them? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Yeah. And I've asked the question, why did you do that? And then I asked, and the other, the second most popular response, which I think is absolutely equally pointless i'm just building my network mm, well that doesn't sound like a savvy um linkedin user to me no no you, you and, can't just connect with anybody and everybody and just yeah. yeah when when they say that to me i usually reply to them and i say job done and yeah. sometimes people are really nice to me and they say, I'm not quite sure, but you look like an interesting person or I've seen some of your posts and I want to make sure if we're connected, I'll see some more of your posts. Okay, that's vaguely flattering. I'm happy to be flattered. Mm. And you never know what might happen. Sometimes people mm. do have a reason because they want to talk mm. to me about my enterprise doctor work because they mm. like this podcast and they want to know how mm. can they be a guest, you know, whatever it might be. And I like it when they have an actual reason. But for me, the, the, the main thing people get wrong is, is the, how they deal with those. Yeah, yes, you have to, because it's online networking, you have to be very polite. You have to use um, LinkedIn etiquette, I think. Yeah. Um, there are rules to be followed. You don't kind of willy-nilly connect with everybody and then you, know, you politely ask, please, can I join your network? Yeah. You, you ask in a nice way. And you, you could even say, if you have a question, you can even put that to them because that shows that you, you've thought about it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I have to tell you the other thing that just drives me crazy. And I, I might be opening the floodgates by publicizing it, but I'll risk it. So my company name is Enterprise Doctor. The word doctor is there. I get not endless, but I get regular approaches from people who do sell medical supplies. And I get people from interior fit out companies who mm. specialize in doctor's surgeries and mm. it's all there on my LinkedIn profile with mm. which they are trying to get I'm not that kind of doctor yes yes I I, I think people um have are using it as a, as a through lead generation methods yeah. which yeah. is not the way to work on LinkedIn on LinkedIn it's an online networking platform where you have to network as if you're offline 
and um, uh, those are just um, done by some app or some means that they've just targeted you because you've got doctor in your profile. Absolutely. And, and, th- and those get ignored anyway. There's no point doing that because you know, we all get those and we just ignore them. Yeah. And, and I now, when people want to connect with me and they're a medical supplies company, I just, you know, I just decline to connect mm. because it drives me crazy and I don't want to be driven crazy. So that was about what people get wrong on LinkedIn. And I'm sure there's loads of other things. Um, actually, the, there's something that I was speaking to somebody about the other day, which was headshots on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people who have what's called the wrong kind of picture. Mm. Do you have a view on that? I mean, if it's if it's a, a, a beach photograph, then yeah, no, I get no, that. No. I, I, we are in agreement. But if it's yeah, my my LinkedIn profile picture, I think I'm wearing a suit and tie from memory. Maybe not a tie. I can't remember. But I'll have to have a look and see if I like it. But I think that. This day and age, and particularly with much more homeworking, here I am in a, a, a polo shirt recording a, a podcast, people are much more relaxed about business. And I yes. don't know if you have a view, particularly since lockdown kicked in, about is there a change in the etiquette of what's okay for a profile picture? Well, um, no, that there's no change, only that you must be front-facing and looking somewhat professional. No sort of skimpy tops or showing shoulders or anything like that, I think. Just professional looking, looking straight ahead and professional, I think. So I I therefore won't get some photos done of me in my skimpy top. You look great. I've seen your photo. You look look very smart, I have to say so. Thank you. I I do like that picture and I, I use it a lot. So people all over the world. I mean, there are literally billions of people, I believe, now using LinkedIn with, with profiles or whatever, or certainly in the, the many hundreds of millions, if not a billion. Um, are there any particular sectors, do you think, which are underusing LinkedIn? Yes, I would say the B, B2C sector is, is vastly underusing LinkedIn. Um, when I've done a post about um, luxury alcohol drinks, um, it's done really, really well because I used to promote those as well on my on my um, Instagram account. And also I have a lady who I um, did some training for. Um, she does bespoke tailoring, uh, suits and blouses and things like that. So she's doing very well because you have a market there who have the money to um, buy. So that's a perfect place for her to be marketing her bespoke tailoring services. Okay, I, I, I get that. For me... I'm not only old, but I'm old fashioned. And for me, LinkedIn traditionally is more B2B and Facebook is more B2C. Mm. I have noticed is much more B2B stuff on Facebook. Mm. And I'm not really noticing b2c stuff as much on linkedin so i I, yeah the question was yeah what's under you so i guess i'm agreeing Mm -hmm. with you there's there's Mm -hmm. less of that b2c stuff there Mm. i mean every professional company needs to have um a an active profile on linkedin um just to have just so that people can go and search for you and find out that you're a bona fide business that's one thing and the other thing is that if you have um luxury goods like watches or bespoke tailoring or handbags they would also do very very well on b2c uh, on, on on linkedin not b2c because you have that audience who has the money to purchase and they like that because i've done a post about watches and it did I've got 21,000 views. 
That's a lot. And that was a post about my watch. Wow. I bet a post about my watch wouldn't get 21. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll do a post about my watch and we'll see if it does. <laughs> so really that, and, and I get that, the luxury goods market is, mm. is going to happen. There's lots and lots of people who have a LinkedIn profile who wear a suit. So bespoke tailoring, yeah. I get how yeah. that would appeal more. So yeah, mm. okay. We are recording this in the middle of May. I'm guessing the recording is going to go out sort of early June. Regrettably, I think that little of the economic climate will have changed by early June when this goes out and and for some time. Is there a way that the way that people use LinkedIn, did it change when the lockdown kicked in? Should it have changed when the lockdown? down kicked in and do you see a different pattern of activity on LinkedIn in this very different working environment? I think we have to be sensitive that some people are going through some hardship because of um, the current climate. I think we should be more sensitive and still we should still be brand building but do it sensitively Mm. and then offer advice and offer support to our, our audience um, don't stop posting, continue posting, continue adding value, and then offer your help in any way that you can. Mm. Be supportive, be available. I think that's really good advice. I was about to say I'm going to start doing that, and actually I think I already do do that to a degree, So I'm good, but I'm going to focus on trying to do that a little bit more. And being helpful, being supportive, it's, it's what I do for a living. So why not do it in my posts anyway? That sounds like a good idea to me. It sounds to me like you have lots of good ideas in in relation to LinkedIn and, and to sort of digital marketing in general. So I'm delighted you've you've come on as a guest today and shared some of those ideas. There are certainly some things that I'm going to think about what I do and how I do it in relation to LinkedIn that I'll be doing a little differently. I am confident that listeners will feel the same way and hopefully they'll have had some benefit. You've mentioned LinkedIn training, which you do. And in the podcast notes, people will find a little bit of information about you, but also some links to your website and various social media channels. Funnily enough, you have a LinkedIn profile. Who'd have thought it? So there'll be a link to that as well. Um, Thank you very much for coming along today. I hope it's been interesting experience for you. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Good, good, and good. I hope I've um, given some, given people some inspiration on oh. um, on how to best use LinkedIn. I'm I'm sure about that. I'm sure about that. There are plenty of people out there who have a LinkedIn profile and they have no idea why. So mm. I'm equally confident that some of the things you said will chime with some of those people, and that has to be of their benefit. So if you want to get in touch with Kay Core of K2 Digital Solutions, all of her contact details are in the podcast notes. If you want to get in touch with me to talk about what I do for a living, to talk about the podcast, always happy to have constructive criticisms or indeed praise if you want to, then my contact details are also in the podcast notes. But for now, this is me, Mark Harris, Enterprise Doctor, signing off.